Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Welcome to Fandom Power. Hello, everybody. It's uh, Wes and Andy here for uh, for Fandom Power, and uh, we're trying something a little different today. Of you kind of look around behind us, but uh, it's a little bit of a different uh, different scenario today. We are not in our uh, normal broadcast location. We are now actually uh, we're giving this a first go from my new home studio. So hopefully this. Uh, this comes across all right for you guys. And if you're uh, just jumping into the stream now, today what we're going to cover, uh, last weekend we saw the big global uh, online event over at uh, Warner Brothers and DC Comics. That's the DC Fandom. And I thought, you know what, before this uh, gets too cold, let's take a look at some of the major announcements that came out of that. Uh-huh. And uh, let's kind of break some of the stuff down and uh, talk about uh, how do we feel about it. First off, um, did you catch any of it as it was uh, airing? I did not. I went back and actually watched all the trailers and whatnot after the fact. But yeah. uh... all right, I'm, you know what? I'm the same way. Uh, I was definitely. Uh, oh, we got comments already. Hey, it's it's our good friend uh, Mark. Hello, Mark, all the way out in Nova Scotia. Welcome to the show, sir. We are talking today about the DC Fandom event from last weekend, where. Uh, there was a lot of announcements made uh, with regards to upcoming uh, superhero stuff, which is the stuff that we kind of jive on. And uh, we're going to get right into it uh, here. We're going to start, <laughs> we're going to lead off with one of the big ones here. And I'm just going to, let's put this up here and talk about Black Adam. So Black Adam has been in the works for a little while. I think uh, short, shortly after we saw the uh, Zachary Levi uh, Shazam. Shazam film, there was already sort of rumblings for Black Adam. And certainly, uh, if you're a fan of uh, old DJ there, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you know that he's sort of been campaigning for this role for uh, a long time. And uh, he's got it. Mm-hmm. So um, he's he's banking on this, though. Like with his comments saying, you know, the power hierarchy in the DC universe is yeah. about to change. And, you know, that puts him at the top. Well, it definitely raises some questions about which version of Black Adam are we going to see uh, in this uh, in this upcoming film? Because traditionally, or I should say historically, early, early Black Adam is like well into villain territory. Yeah, It's not until much later on where I guess he drifts more into uh, anti, anti-hero. 
Yeah, sort of gray areas. Anti-hero slash, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, gray. Yeah, that's probably a better word for it. Um, and there's some evidence here in the trailer. We're going to get into it that sort of suggests maybe what version of the character we're going to get. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be totally transparent here. I am not so versed in Black Adam that I pretend to know everything that's going on here. I'm kind of discovering it with everybody else as we go along. Yeah, same here. But I want to talk about some of the, the casting uh, in this film. And, uh, you know, super excited to see that uh, Pierce Brosnan's showing up here as uh, Dr. Fate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not, you know, super intimate with Dr. Fate, but... Um, they've teased him a lot through the CW shows and whatnot, but they've never... We've seen him more into him. We've seen him before in stuff like the Justice League Unlimited, yes, uh, animated series. I, I'm not. Did he show up in Young Justice? Uh, not too sure. So, in a nutshell, uh, is essentially this. Uh, well, I mean, several people have been Doctor Fate, and they're all kind of tied to this helmet that he wears, and essentially the helmet, uh possesses the, the body of the wearer and bestows them with like incredible power dr fate power yeah so like cosmic level yeah or near cosmic level power like dr fate can like hang out with guys on a level like the specter yes <laughs> so if you're not familiar with dr fate at least what he looks like this is fairly uh fairly modern take on dr fate uh and of course there's that golden helmet and we get this really I guess we can kind of call it sexy. Maybe we get a sexy shot of, uh, of the film helmet. Presumably they're doing, I noticed something as I was putting this together, uh, uh, earlier this week, uh, when I was looking at the peacemaker stuff, have you seen the suicide squad yet? I have not seen it yet, but you've seen the marketing materials for it. Yes. So, I mean, John Cena's character, uh, peacemaker has a really, really shiny helmet. Yes. That's all done in post. Really? Yeah the 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 actual prop is is pretty dull. Hmm. Yeah. So there we go. We've got uh, we've got 007 himself, Pierce Brosnan, showing up as Doctor Fate. I should say that um, the film uh, sort of acts as a quasi uh, Justice Society hmm. film uh, because we've got some other people coming in here. Namely, we've got uh, we've got Aldous Hodge here who's showing up as Hawkman. Now, uh, Aldous Hodge, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he first showed up in Die Hard with a Vengeance as a young teenage actor. He played the character Raymond. Huh. If you remember Die Hard with a Vengeance. More recently, you may have seen him in uh, Straight Outta Compton as uh, MC Wren, and uh, he played Jim Knight in uh, One Night in Miami. So, Aldous Hodge is going to play Hawkman. Again, it's not 100% clear which version of hawkman we're gonna get because mm-hmm, they've already dumped one into dc's legends and he's come and gone so i mean i don't want to get i don't want to get really deep into legends of tomorrow because uh, i was a major fan for seasons one and two and then after that it kind of went yeah, it's coming back around uh, i think because they know that the the hammer is well it's is about to drop looming. so might as well, might as well drop it with uh you know some gusto but um, again, we get this tease here. We get a little Hawkman tease with the uh, the sigil, and uh, man, that looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost looks like a take on the Black Hawk logo. Almost similar. 
but, not surprising though that they've stuck with this like the dceu if anything is certainly you know criticized for muted tones and sort of you know bringing the color palette way down and uh you know they don't disappoint here <laughs> but it's cool though i mean look at the rivets on there the rivets are like the paint is worn on them there's some wear on the on the belt on the buckle and on the straps so maybe this is a, an older an older version of hawkman like could be we're talking the justice society we're talking the first the precursor to the the jla so we're talking what like the golden age of comics yeah which is pretty what the the pretty much the 1940s yeah 40s 50s 40s 50s right so we're gonna we're gonna add to our um we're gonna add to our justice society we're gonna add in uh add in this uh this person this is quintessa swindle and uh they are playing cyclone so uh, another character that I don't, I just don't know anything about. And I'll be honest with you, when I, when I started, uh, trying to put stuff together for, uh, for our show, a lot of the imagery surrounding this character, uh, I don't know if it's, if it's a fan thing, like a, like a weird kind of, like a sexual thing, but it's like every image that I found of her, there, there's a bunch of like almost meme like images where they're like, is she wearing underpants? So anyway, um, there's a relatively modern shot of, of the character who's, um, uh, a little more modestly dressed than, uh, what they've been, uh, shown as before. And again, we get that same sort of peek at the sigil uh -huh. of the cyclone character. Now this does not really, to me, this is not indicative, uh, of what we're seeing here, but again, this image here is not indicative of all the other ones that i saw online which are like much more risque so i, no. I would say judging by this uh this image that she's going to be or they're going to be a much uh, a much more in line with sort of the other aesthetic that we've uh, come accustomed to in the in the dceu now was this character i am i am not familiar with this character at all was this character created in the 90s or I'm not sure. That's the one I'm going to have to look up. Because um, that might make sense with the weird way the costuming went in the uh, mid to late 90s. That's true. Like the Jim Lee, everybody needs pouches. Pouches and, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. All right. Next up for uh, Black Adam, we're going to talk about uh, this young gentleman here, Noah Centineo. Uh, and he's best known for his role as uh, Jesus Adams in The Foster's. And uh, Peter Kavinsky in the Netflix, uh, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, and the sequel films uh, to that series. Uh, interestingly enough, this guy he was attached to the live-action Masters of the Universe film over at Sony, and then dropped out completely unannounced, no explanation given. I'd initially wondered if maybe it had something to do with the filming of, of Black Adam, but then, you know, you realize that the film is already shot. So I doubt that his exiting from the project is related. It's probably more, more related to the idea that, you know, Sony realized they don't want to throw $200 million at an untested property. Oh, the test is coming. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, lots of good stuff going on with that property sort of on, on Netflix right now. Yep. And uh, we're all kind of hungry for that, for that live action film that we kind of, have always dreamed about because let's be as much as i love the the dolph lundgren film it wasn't really heated. okay well there is that 
So, uh, Noah Centineo, he's playing a character called uh, Adam Smasher. Not really familiar with Adam Smasher. How about you? Uh, not that I can recall. So I, I immediately I see this guy, and this is where I kind of was latched onto the He-Man thing. I'm like, well, this this guy Noah Centineo, he's gonna have to bulk up if he's gonna, because he's supposed to. He was supposed to play He-Man, and I'm thinking, okay, so like now he's playing a guy who's equally buff. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't see it. And I know that the the padded suit thing has come up quite a bit, especially in the DCEU. I know Zach Levi got uh, highly criticized for his muscle suit. Um, and, and he had some fun with it, too, because he was like, it's me. It's also a suit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam Smasher. Um, well, they can do wonders with digital these days. Well, this is it too. I mean, if you're watching any of those other, uh, are you watching the boys on, on prime video? I am not up to date on it, but have you started it? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, lots of muscle suits there. I mean, Homelander yeah. is like, oh. and even that, you know, it looks okay. It looks okay. So, I mean, who knows, but if they're going to do a big bare armed dude like this, uh, he's going to have to do something looks to me i don't know if this is a small person here that he's holding or like does adam smasher get really big or i, I don't know but if it's I don't related know to the atom in any way it could have like shrinking and growing powers yeah that's kind of where i'm at too like it's just i don't know enough to be able to say yeah but again we get the uh we get the hero shot here of the uh, the sigil and we get to see some of the textures of the costume pretty much in line with what we've come to expect you know the aesthetic that was sort of established back in uh Man of Steel, I think. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we get, we get the man himself. We get DJ. There he is, Dwayne. And uh, he's our principal. Here he is, as Black Adam himself. Now, this is a much more modern take on, on Black Adam. This is sort of circa the new, the new 52. I guess that's what, 2015, I guess? Around there, yeah. 2015. And I have to wonder if that's kind of where they're going uh, with this film, if it's going to sort of land in that space to pardon my next shot here because <laughs> when you're trying to screen cap this stuff and it's like shot after shot after shot and it's really fast cuts sometimes you don't get the most uh flattering shots so i wanted to 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 get the costume shot because there's a couple where we get to see it pretty close up and <laughs> this was the best i could get <laughs> sorry for the gratuitous butt shot unless of course you like the gratuitous butt hey, shot somebody just gave us a like so. someone gave us a like yeah so and uh that's oh it's our friend keith hey keith thanks for the like and i uh, hope you're enjoying the show for if you're just joining us now we're talking about last weekend's uh, dc fandome and we're talking about some of the highlights uh, that's coming out of dc comics and uh, warner brothers uh in the near future talking about black adam here dwayne johnson a uh, nice close-up here of the black adam suit and uh yeah it's very reminiscent of the uh of the shazam costume uh -huh. I'm going to assume that uh, capes and cowls and hoods and stuff are probably going to be, you know, there's probably going to be some post-production there. Well, in, in the final shot of the teaser footage, you do get to see them all cowled up and kind of floating. We do get that. There's a whole, um, when we get into the, and I've, I've kind of put these in out of order because I wanted to touch on sort of the, the cast first and then kind of get to the meat and potatoes of the trailer because the trailer kind of starts off, it gives us this sort of, indiana jones tomb raider vibe where we get this pair of of characters who are um 
you don't really know what they're doing at first. It looks like they're obviously in the in a tomb of some sort or some yeah. underground place. Exploring some forgotten temple. Right. But let's talk about these two characters for a second because they're not really we don't really understand sort of the 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 ramifications of who these characters are. So the 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 woman on the left-hand side of the shot, that's Sarah uh, Shahai, and she's playing a character by the name of Adriana Tomas. So anybody who's familiar with the Black Adam uh, lore may recognize that as the character Isis. So uh, Isis is actually Black Adam's wife, huh. or I should say Adriana Tomas is uh, Black uh, is uh, Black Adam's wife. Uh, Sarah Sahai, if you're wondering where you've seen her before, she was best known as uh, Danny Reese across 32 episodes of uh, Life, and uh, she played Kate Reed in uh, 23 episodes of fairly legal this is not her first role for dc though as she did voice killer frost in an episode of a young justice nice so as i was saying before although uh the character is black adam's wife it's unclear if the film will follow suit because she gains her powers through the amulet of isis and that amulet is imbued by shazam himself so we haven't seen shazam since the last movie the wizard not really sure how that's going to play into into uh into form but here's the thing right we're talking about black adam at the beginning who's typically is or has been a villain um anti-hero and then a hero i mean if if they're taking this from the perspective that adam is going to be a hero keep in mind he's been imprisoned for like thousands of years right yeah uh, according to sort of the new 52 version of, of the character, it's Isis that actually influences his mindset because a lot of things you're locked up for 3000 years. The world moves on without you. Your sort of worldview, uh, may be a little bit out of touch. So for him to wake up in the modern world, which he's going to, um, there has to be some reason for him to want to shift attitudes. Um, and who knows that might not even happen at all. So the other, the other character in this shot, this is an actor by the name of uh, Marwan Kanzari. He's a Dutch actor, and uh, you probably recognize him, if you can at all, as Jafar in the live-action Aladdin. All right. Uh, also, he played Joe in the Netflix film The Old Guard. I have not seen that one yet. Yeah. Um, totally worth watching. You should check it out. So uh, the rumor is that this uh, that this uh, guy he's playing the character called Sabak, and uh, so Sabak is rumored to be the film's main antagonist. However, uh, th like most comic characters, there have been more than one version of Sabak, and so we don't really know which version uh, that we're gonna get. But one thing is clear: Sabak, just like Shazam and just like Black Adam, he gains his powers by also speaking. Uh, the code word you know how like shazam was like a code word for all of like the gods yeah mercury Hermit, like all that stuff so this one sabak is actually the code word and it's uh satan am bilial beelzebub asmodeus and uh, kratos which you know suggests that uh his powers are are demonically fueled hmm. all right so then we get a shot in there of what's called the crown of kandak and uh, this sort of sets us up to know that this is the version of Black Adam who was, he was a ruler in, uh, in ancient 
uh, ancient times, we see that shot of him. It looks like an Egyptian kind of like Kandak looks basically like Egypt. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit different. So the, the crown is definitely an indicator that this is where he is. And then we see later on in the trailer, we see that uh, Isis, she speaks the word, speak my name, gives off the old Shazam, and uh, boom, she frees uh, Adam from, uh, from his prison that he's been locked up in, uh, you know, for thousands of years. What's not clear is what's going on after that. And I still think that this is in the same sequence. We get this, uh, this whole thing where he's, Adam's being attacked by people mercenaries i don't yeah. know if they came with with isis and sabak or if they were you know using them chasing to get them. them who knows but we get this like really cool display of you know the the black adam the shazam power the electricity in fact if you've watched the trailer this guy essentially gets vaporized he turns to dust yeah 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 and then we get the usual sort of superhero tropes you know the i'm bulletproof you can see he catches the bullet here and looks at it and then at the end of it, as you said before, the trailer culminates with him sort of, you know, rising up off the floor as they're shooting at him. And then it abruptly ends. <laughs> but they cloak his face. They don't, they don't reveal either which way at this point, because I know The Rock has been very vocal about making him a hero. Yeah, okay. Like, See, I wasn't certain. I never got that vibe. And maybe I'm just not following uh, Dwayne Johnson closely enough. Uh, but I was sort of the, I know he's talking, like you said, the power balance is about to shift. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean for good or bad. I mean. No, it could go either way. That's what I mean. Like, I'm just not, I'm not 100% sure which way we're going to go with this. Like, he could be anti-hero where, you know, uh, you know I'm going to do the right thing, but for my own, you know, selfish reasons. Yeah. Where are you on the uh, I want to see it meter? I, I, I'm definitely going to check it out. I I can go to anything Dwayne the Rock Johnson and be entertained. So I, I like a lot of the stuff that he's doing too lately. We watched uh, Jungle Cruise recently, and uh, you know, isn't he's in a very interesting relationship with with Disney, right? I mean, the Witch Mountain movie. No, <laughs> no, thank you. I'll go and watch the original. But like the, the jungle cruise movie was just a, it was a, it was a hit. It was a surprise knockout. I think though, you know, tonally speaking, having done the, uh, the Jumanji films, it was probably a, a safe bet for him. Mm -hmm. And I know that he's wanted to do superhero stuff for a while. Uh, so this, well, this is it. I mean, uh, there was his, uh, what well, his Hercules movie. I don't know if you yep. saw that one. Yeah. It was okay. It was okay. Um, I like, still, I still go back to the rundown and I still yes. cite, I still cite the rundown as like one of his best films. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what he is going to, what he's going to put into this character and, and, you know, are we going to get, I'm sure he's going to deliver on every action beat that was promised I, that I have no, uh, no concerns about. I just want to know is the depth there. I think it will be. I mean, right. you go back to his first acting role, right? As the Scorpion King in the mummy too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a villain, but in the follow-up, the Scorpion King flipped and was the hero. So, you know, he that can is play true. both ends of it. Yeah. I just think about it, you know, as an actor, we talk about an actor's range and sometimes I just, I mean, let's be real here. The, the fast franchise, the Hobbs and Shaw thing, like it just, 
I don't want to say pigeonholed, but I mean like Roadblock and G.I. Joe. Like they all feel like those characters feel like two versions of the same guy. Mm. So when I talk about like range, I just I often wonder if maybe, you know, again, kind of pigeonholed and, and only plays to a certain type. And I think the superhero genre is a, is a pretty cool opportunity because, you know, like Stan Lee said, you know, it's easy to write superheroes. It's more difficult to write a nuanced character like that has everyday troubles and, and life issues. Not that he's going to simplify that much and give Dwayne Johnson acne like teenage Peter Parker, but you get what I mean, right? Yeah. What's this guy going to be like after being in prison for 3000 years? And you know, like, there's a whole lot of things that have changed. You wake up 3000 years later and everybody, you know, is dead. You know, that's a, that's a major impact on a character. So I'm curious to see if Dwayne can pull off a little bit more. Well, a little bit more range. <laughs> I, I got faith in him. I mean, from his wrestling years to his Hollywood years, like from the rundown to the tooth fairy to right. be cool. Oh, be, Okay, so Be Cool is actually uh, one of my favorites as well. Yeah, because it takes him right out of his normal Hobbs. Oh, yeah, big, big time. Huge, huge. All right. Let's move on to our next one. Are you following any of the CW shows? I am. Okay, so um, I was sort of all in on Arrow, and I bounced in and out sort of as the seasons waxed and waned, but I did get through every, every piece of it. And then Flash came along, and Flash was this, like, super refreshing... It was so much lighter and uh, it was just a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can say that if that's the right word for it, but it just felt tonally lighter. Uh, And uh, it's kind of, it's had its ups and downs. And I think, I mean, everybody's bailed on the show now. So, I mean, it's who's left. Oh no, Grant Gustafson's still there. And he's still there, but um, uh, Cisco left. He just left. And now uh, Killer Frost is leaving. Hmm. Uh, Tom, uh, Canadian, uh, t- um, he directed a few episodes, uh, reverse flash, uh, Harry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah. He left the show. So it's like, Oh, why are these people bailing? Are we sure he's left the show? Because at the season finale of last season, he's back in it as a regular or, uh, possibly because he sets him up to be like, you know, the villain for the season going forward. Oh, Oh, maybe I'm going to have to catch up again because I kind of lost interest there for a little while. Like when Cisco kind of gave up being a hero. Yeah, that was a bit weird. But... Um, remember back in season one? Sort of. Way, let's go all the way back to season one and let's, let's remember the flash suit. Yeah. Like how hot was that leather bag he was wearing? <laughs> It's come a long way, though. We've seen that the leather suit, uh, what, by season three, I think he'd moved into a fabric suit. Yeah. Uh, but he still had the leather cowl for a while, which did, was really off-putting. And then they did away with that, and now he's got, like, a full fabric, although it's probably a molded headpiece yeah. with fabric stretched over top of it. And now the big thing is, going into season eight, finally, get the, gold the Flash is going to have gold boots. And I know if you're a Flash fan, that's probably a big deal. About time. I wasn't really upset with it either way, to yeah. be honest, one way or the other. But getting closer to that comic book accuracy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Gold Boots going into season eight. I don't know if I'm going to watch it or not. Um, there's going to have to be some big things for me to want to to wanna dive back in wholeheartedly. 
Well, they're kicking it off with a uh, five-part apocalypse storyline, I think it is. Really? Yeah. So is this going to be the, uh, like, with with Arrow, with the demise of Arrow, how are they handling the, the crossover stuff now? Is that is that what this is going to be? It might be, because I'm pretty sure Black Lightning is in the trailer. So that makes sort of Flash as the flagship show yeah. now that... I would say the, so. Yeah, that Arrow is gone. Okay, well, yeah, because, I mean, Crisis was, what, last year? Yep. And, uh, yeah. Well, Supergirl's going off the air, too, it's right? In so its final season, yeah. They're airing the last episodes now. We know the Batwoman's still going to go on for at least one more season. Yep. Um, who's left? Uh, they still have the Superman and Lois. Yep. And then, like you said, Batwoman. Uh, I don't know how long Legends is going to keep going. I kind of thought that this this season might be it. It's possible. Because uh, Sarah Lance and her girlfriend just got married. Yes, they did. Yeah, so I think we were kind of, I don't know if we can tell any more stories there, really. Mm. I mean, for me, after the, uh, I know he's a total copycat character, but when they dumped uh, Rip Hunter, I was like, come on, you just got rid of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> he really, that's who he is. I mean, he's the Doctor Who character of the show. Well, in the last episode, they did tease a possible return. See, now you're killing me. Now I got to go back. Because they've got the stuff. They're in a spot right now that the wave rider has been destroyed. Right. And they're trying to figure out who did it. So there's this entire table full of suspects. Right. And Rip Hunter is one of the names. Okay, fair enough. All right, we're going to move on now. We're getting away from TV here for a second. We're going to go back into the movies. And this is another one now. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I know I I criticized the the first film. But let's look at uh, Aquaman and the lost kingdom you know as i said i criticized the last movie um talk about range going to go back to the to an actor's range uh jason momoa in this movie in the original film i said aquaman was an opportunity for jason momoa to play jason momoa and i stand by that i thought you know it was fun it had lots of action and i really liked that but i mean he wasn't aquaman he was aqua bro you know what I mean? Yep. Right. So, um, the cooler I'm, version that everybody needs to see. Aquaman is a cool character. And I mean, people, the, the character gets ragged on so, so much. Looking at you, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's difficult to tell really cool Aquaman stories for a wide audience because it's such a niche character. I mean, yeah. he lives underwater and, yeah, you know, this this fascination with Atlantis and, and the Lost Kingdom and all that stuff. I totally see sort of where maybe some of the inspirations are coming for this movie. And I hope, I hope that there there's a little bit more, more to this one. I know the last one was big in terms of like scope. We got that uh, undersea battle that made the Lord of the Rings battles look like a skirmish. Uh, so hopefully this one will, uh, will deliver. So again, we got James Wan coming back as our uh, producer director. And we got, uh, obviously Jason's coming back as Arthur. He's a bigger, much more expanded role in this movie because I think he had a lot to do with sort of some of the story ideas and some of the production, uh, details are, uh, are on him. Now the biggest, I think, Oh, I put this one out of order. Hold on a second here. I'm going to switch this up. I drop down here to go to this guy. We've got Yaya Abdul-Mateen the second, who's coming back as, uh, as black Manta. Oh, I know what I did wrong. <laughs> Jason is coming back as Aquaman, but hey, check it out. Aquaman's got a new suit. We're going to talk about that a little bit later here going on. Yeah, so Yaya Abdul-Mateen II is Black Manta. 
and uh, really like the look of the, uh, can we call them his goons? Sure. The uh, old style, like diving bell, like really, really ancient, like frogman helmets. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that look. It's pretty cool. All right, and this one was a surprise one for me because I didn't think that they would put him back in the sequel right away, certainly not in a prominent role. But Patrick Wilson is back as Ocean Master, and I really like the Ocean Master character. Probably one of the better one of the better DC villains in my opinion. Mhm. Mm but uh surprise, I don't know if you can see oh so there's there is this Ocean Master, but uh, surprise here, Ocean Master, that looks to be uh, one of Black Manta's goons, and just over uh, Orm's right shoulder, is that not Aquaman? Looks like it is, yeah. So, uh, brother versus, or brother and, and brother are working together now? The enemy of my enemy is my friend or something? Possibly. Possibly. I'm not sure. But I am uh, I'm excited to see him come back, because I quite liked him. No, no word on uh, whether Volko is coming back. Um, kind of hope he does, but we get this really cool flashback sequence where, uh, Hey, we're going to see King Adlan and, uh, I'm not sure if that's not, uh, the trench It's possible looks kind of like the trench fighting behind him. So, um, I presume that this is a flashback unless there's time travel in this movie. I can't see him showing up in any other way, especially seeing as he's wearing the traditional, uh, the, yeah. the green and gold it is comics so yeah it know, is nobody's ever really dead <laughs> that is true um i should point out that aquaman and the lost kingdom is still quite a ways away at uh coming in at next december december 16th 2022 so they should be starting post-production here pretty soon you know pretty much uh you know take a year for post-production and reshoots and stuff to get all any of that put yeah. together and moving on, we are, of course, Mara is coming back. Amber Heard's uh, Mara. I guess they did not bow to uh, no. fan outrage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not going to cancel everybody. You think they do, but then, then they don't. Well, how come I can't match or get my uh, Jack Sparrow back then? What? Isn't Johnny Depp out? Out of what? Jack Sparrow. Oh, I didn't know that. I guess... Maybe it's all spinning out of this situation. Oh, I knew that there was, there was a legal issue and I knew that he had lost a court case, but I don't know. I don't know what to believe, you know, just because a court rules something doesn't mean that something didn't happen. It just means it wasn't criminal. True. Excuse me while I uh, sip on my coffee here. Check in with our comments here right now. Hey, Facebook user, you say that he can talk with fish. He absolutely can talk with fish. That was actually a pretty uh, cool moment uh, in the first film. A young Arthur standing at the aquarium and uh, summons the shark who uh, obviously we saw hit the glass. And mm -hmm. that, you know, but is that a power that's really useful when you're on the surface? Mm. Maybe you got some fish that can walk. Walking fish. Well, creatures that can walk okay, anyway. Well, in the comic books, I guess so. Well, no, crabs walk, lobsters walk. That is walk. true. Oh, yes, crustaceans. I guess they are, yeah. Yeah, they're sea fish, creatures. For sure. We we'll have an entire kingdom of Atlanteans that are crustacean-based. Yeah. And who knows what else is down in the depths. Well, and that's just it. So let's get into that a little bit more here, because this is the Lost Kingdom. So I'm going to get a little, a little bit meta here, because there are, uh, according to uh, the DC 
world, there are seven, seven kingdoms. If you include the lost kingdom. Now, I mean, we can attribute that to a couple of things and we can go to the, the old idiom sailing the seven seas, mm. which kind of makes it one kingdom for each of the old seven seas, the Aegean, the Adriatic, Mediterranean, Black Sea, Red Sea, Caspian Sea, and the Persian Gulf is thrown in there for kicks. It could also refer to the, like nowadays, the modern oceans. And I kind of think that that's more likely the case because we get that sequence. Oh, where is it here? I got to find it. We get this scene, which is, we didn't see this in the first movie. A lot of what we saw was like North Atlantic kind of stuff when Aquaman was visiting his dad. Mm -hmm. And then we got to see some of the, you know, the, the bright, vibrant Mediterranean blue green oceans. We never did see cold Arctic slash Antarctic uh, waters. So I kind of think that maybe the, the seven kingdoms that the seventh kingdom might actually be linked to somewhere cold. Probably. And I think they're going to do like a, you know, the whole uh, center journey to the center of the earth spin on it, where it's like this impossible, like environment to travel through that it's like deadly. But then when you get there, it's beautiful gateway to paradise, right? Because there's also this like mystery Island. I mean, it totally has that, you know, like it's got a big volcano in the middle. Yeah. So no surprise. I think we are going to, to revisit some of the places we've been before, like the uh the desert kingdom which was which is one of the atlantean kingdoms uh it just dried up maybe they just need more information from that temple maybe but uh like i say the movie's still a long ways off so all we have really to go on is a lot of concept art uh i presume that that's aquaman uh with the trident but then again it looks like you know the 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 costume is you know suggestive of maybe one of uh, one of um good lord ocean masters uh minions mm -hmm. and then is this is this a new vessel for uh not ocean master black manta maybe is that a black manta submarine or maybe they're using it to lean heavy into the mysterious island and uh it's got a nemo look at the eye on that that looks yeah. like the nautilus right with the big eyeball on it yeah and then we're going to get some, uh, obviously we're going to get some action shots. I think that's Aquaman there fighting some kind of weird jellyfish. And then what, like a steampunk? <laughs> Can you have steampunk underwater? Sure. <laughs> steam vents underwater. It'd be bubble, bubble punk. I don't know. All right. So yeah, you get that. Like I said, you get that, um, that ocean shot where I don't know if that's Arthur or Orm diving in there or just another Atlantean. What are they doing there? Presumably they're searching for the Lost Kingdom. Why are they searching for the Lost Kingdom? I have no idea. To save the narwhals. I guess so. But I kind of, a lot of the stuff was out of order and I tried, now this is just me taking a shot in the dark here, but I tried to rearrange some of these next shots in order because I think that they are all the same place. I think this island might actually be sort of the gateway to the Lost Kingdom and I kind of, I mean, you've got that uh, big volcano. You've got, you know, raging waterfalls. I kind of, I called this one. It looks kind of like Pandora from uh, Avatar. And, you know, looking at those flowers now, they do kind of look like those jellyfish. In a way they do. Don't, I mean, the little wispies on there, they could be tentacles. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the scale of those two individuals in the shot, who knows? It could be the same thing. Yeah. There's a big waterfall there, rocky. That looks like a building in the background. Well, maybe it's not a waterfall. Maybe that's a 
rock. These look like kind of drones or robots or something. Maybe some like ancient century kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then here we are with some big, but locust grasshoppery things again in this Pandora, like, you know, lost world sort of civilization. So I think all of these are sort of surrounding on this, this, uh, Island. Now, is that a, a tree that has fallen or is it like a sculpture of two hands to coming me, together? It looks like. I think it's some kind of statue, really. Yeah. And I'm not certain what it is. You'd half expect to find King Kong on the other side of it. Well, though. that's, yeah, exactly. Um, so this, I, I was going to go and get uh, an image. Like we talk about, you know, Aquaman getting sort of made fun of, right? And, and one of the, the traditional, like, images is the uh, Aquaman Rides a Seahorse. You know, remember the old, uh, the old filmation cartoon? Yes. And, uh, you know, him riding the sea or even the beginning of super friends where he's riding the seahorse and it's, it's hard not to, not to chuckle at that. But then I assume that we're getting an adaptation of that in this scene. And it's like, Oh, that looks pretty badass. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk a bit, uh, about the uh, suit here for a second. And I, I made some notes about it here. Where are they? Here we go. The suit itself has been referred to as the stealth suit. And uh, according to James Wan, this suit is actually inspired by the blue suit that Aquaman wore in a four-issue miniseries back in the 80s. Okay. So if the suit is actually more akin to the blue suit, it may be that it has a uh, natural camouflaging properties that are supposed to basically mask Aquaman with the ocean floor. So we could be getting some uh, new abilities from Aquaman based on this suit. Or it could just be a curveball and it's just a blank it's, canvas for them to fill in later digitally. Well, uh, there is that too. I don't have enough. I don't even have a comparison shot here of the comic panel to show you. But uh, yeah, th there is some detail. I'm going to go back up to the other uh, Aquaman shot here for a second because it's a little clear. You've got some detailing on the shoulders that kind of remind me of the the comic, uh, the comic suit. Let's see if I can find, let me just take a second here and see if I can find the blue suit. There we go. I'm going to just uh, save this for a second here. Awkward silence. I know. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. It takes me a second to set this up. I should have had this done ahead of time. I'm so sorry. All right, here, let's check this out. So here we go. We're going to, let's have a look at the, uh, the comic suit that this is uh, inspired by. Hmm, I'm not even sure if that's a, uh... oh, maybe I turn off the, uh, turn off this overlay here. There we go. There you go. There we go. Now we can see it. So there's the, uh, this is the blue suit that, um, the, the stealth suit is inspired by. And, and I, I, I dig it. It's a, uh, it, it, yeah, it looks like something out of the eighties. Uh -huh. <laughs> I can totally see why they went for a more, uh, a more subdued black uh, stealthier looking thing, but it's, it's still okay. I mean, I, I can buy this. Yeah. It looks a little bit, uh, ocean ripply. 
or yeah, it does, doesn't it? Blue flamey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so there you go. Uh, where are we talking here? Just a second. Where's that? All right. So Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, December sixteenth, twenty twenty two. We still got a ways to go for this one. Uh, in terms of your uh, see it, don't see it. Where are you at with this one? Uh, probably home theater release, but uh, you'll wait for uh, home media. More than likely. Okay. We stream a lot too. So like, honestly now, but 2022 though, all bets are off because it's yeah. only the 2021 movies that Warner is same day, uh, same day streaming as mm. a theatrical release. So, um, provided the world is still moving in the right direction, uh, next Christmas, you'll be seeing that one in theaters or you'll wait, uh, at least 45 days later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Where are we now here? We are moving on to Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Oh, wait, I got another interlude here. Another little comic interlude. This was a big, this is a big announcement. And this is, this one, of course, you know, I can see is the... driving people. Some, it's polarizing, right? It is. And uh, you're ready for this one? Superman got a new motto. So I, this has come up before. Uh, they changed the motto when uh, Superman Returns came out. I don't remember the scene at the Daily Planet where uh, Superman had come back and Perry White's like, where's he been? Where did he, what's he doing? Is he still about truth, justice, and all that stuff? And people lost their minds. Where's truth, justice, and the American way? Well, the American way has been uh, lost of recent years. Well, listen, we're in Canada, and uh, I know that uh, as Canadians, a lot of times it's like it's through the looking glass down there and you kind of like go, Oh, suddenly, you know, I think the people who are responsible for making this stuff are acutely aware of sort of, you know, the geopolitical state of everything. Yeah. I, that's a very, that's a very polite way. Messed it up. Well, that's a nice way of putting it. So now Superman is truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. And isn't that what Superman has always been about it's more inclusive it's still good it's still in the spirit of superman i oh, think really? that uh you know people who get upset about this a lot of people who get upset about this especially if you're gonna if you're just gonna focus on the line truth justice and the american way when was the last time you read a superman comic book yeah do you know what i mean like the character has so so far evolved from that like it's not even it, it's such an afterthought now. I don't even think, I don't even associate Superman with those words. I haven't for 15, 20 plus years. Yeah. Honestly. So yeah, Superman got a new mission, a new, uh, new mission statement, new, uh, new, uh, slogan. And I like it. All right, let's get on to it. Peacemaker. Peacemaker coming out here January, uh, 2022. No specific release date yet that I could find. And, uh, the thing about this one is if you, if you haven't seen, uh, James Gunn's the suicide squad, definitely check it out. Uh, peacemaker is sort of, uh, I mean, he might be one of the standout characters of that movie. Uh, certainly enough that they, they believed in him to get, uh, a TV series. And so it's coming from HBO back. So, you know, it's going to be more, uh, adult oriented well this is the thing i mean dc their uh, streaming service i think they 
besides the comic books, I think they pretty much folded everything into HBO Max. And I think that was just a decision from Warner. Like, why have two streaming services? That being said, though, as it is an HBO series, they can do... uh, Some pretty brutal stuff. I was going to say, they can do adult stuff and not have to worry about sort of ratings issues. All right, John Cena is back again as our... uh, as our title character, the Peacemaker himself. Funny little thing there, a little Canadian connection there to this series. In the trailer, we see that Peacemaker has just woken up. He's still in the hospital that he was left in at the... Oh, spoiler for you, Andy. Peacemaker goes to the hospital. Uh-oh. He was shot by... Uh, oh, my God. Um, Bloodsport shot him. Thought he, We thought he was dead, but then we see them in a little bit of a post-credit stinger that he's still alive in the hospital. So clearly now he's woken up and uh, he's starting to get back to the world. He steps out into the hallway and he runs into this janitor who's played by uh, uh, Rizwan Manji. And uh, <laughs> for those of you who are fans of uh, Shit's Creek, you may remember him as Ray Butani, the uh, real estate agent from Shit's Creek. <laughs> and uh, they have this really wonderful line together. He's like, hey, I- I'm in here because I got injured. He's like, for what? superhero stuff and he's like well, what superhero are you he's like peacemaker he's like there's no superhero named peacemaker <laughs> totally dismisses him and laughs it, it's quite it's a great little moment and then uh, of course so here's peacemaker this is what he looked like in the um in the the suicide squad uh and i, I put this up here to highlight it so not only can you see what the character looks like but also to illustrate that it looks like uh, at some point over the course of the, uh, I think it's eight episodes that we're getting, uh, he gets a helmet upgrade. Hmm. So there's something going on there with this helmet where they've notched out the center part of that, I don't know what you call it, the rim of the helmet, and uh, they've added some lenses, looks like red lenses, into the helmet itself. So Peacemaker's going to get a helmet upgrade. Well, he is going to work for some new people. They can provide him with some new tech. That's true. Uh, I understand that this is still a version of Task Force X. Hmm. But it's not directly controlled by Amanda Waller. The other thing is, uh, there's a shot of Peacemaker and a character Vigilante. Vigilante, it looks like they got like a, the the buddy, it's almost a, a bromance going on there, the vibe I get, like like Vigilante just wants to hang out with Peacemaker. Yeah, he, oh, don't worry about him, it's just him. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, uh, I don't know if I got the shot of him hiding behind the dumpster, I don't think I did. But um, we get, uh, hold on a second here. We get, um, yeah, there he is, hiding behind the dumpster. <laughs> hey, who's that? Oh, that's just that's just Vigilante. He's just trying to help out, right? So like he, he ends up becoming part of the team. But um, this is, um, now, I'm going to try to say his name properly, and I don't want to screw this up. I checked it out last night. So it's uh, Chuck Woody Ivuji as Clemson Mern. Now, Clemson Mern, there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot of information that I can find about this guy except that he's a middle-aged mercenary who's been hired by Amanda Waller to lead a version of Task Force X and uh based on what happened in The Suicide Squad, um I presume that he's sort of the Rick Flag stand-in character for this uh, for the series. We also get uh, Jennifer Holland coming back as Amelia Harcourt. Uh, Amelia and uh, her partner, John Economist, 
who were part of the uh, revolt against Amanda Waller uh, ended up getting basically shoveled off to uh, babysitting duty. And so this is the Amanda Waller's retribution against these two is that, that they have to babysit peacemakers. So we're going to see them come back. And then we get a new addition to the team. We get uh, Danielle Brooks as uh, Leota Abadabayo. Now, uh, you might remember her from Orange is the New Black. Probably, yeah. She was uh, tasty in uh, Orange is the New Orange is the New Black. Awesome, uh, awesome role for her. Awesome actress. I think she's going to be amazing in this. Still, don't know what her role is, like what her role to the team is. But here we are with uh, what I've called uh, Team Peacemaker. Uh, far left of the shot there, the giant bald eagle, uh, which has just been affectionately named Eagly. Uh, James Gunn actually went on the record and corrected <laughs> HBO and Warner Brothers. But Warner Brothers put out on their social media, they said Eagly, but they spelt it wrong. And then James Gunn himself came back and corrected them. So the, the trailer doesn't really give us a whole lot. It gives us a bunch of like, cut, like shortcuts of uh, like, obviously Peacemaker getting out of the hospital and then sort of getting back into, you know, fighting form with the help of vigilante, you know, you're one of the greatest, you know, whatever, whatever. And uh, so they have that little moment where they're shooting uh, and then the team gets kind of put together. And as they're riding in the, the back of the van or whatever, you get Clemson Mern, who basically tells them that their first target happens to be a United States Senator and his family. But we don't get any other details other than that, other than that's how it starts out. But at some point, um, Peacemaker has to go home. And uh, when he gets home, we actually find out that uh, Robert Patrick, the T-1000 Robert Patrick, is actually playing uh, his father, plays Augie Smith, which is, of course, Peacemaker's father. Now we get this little thing here, and I, this character I know nothing about, uh, I had to look him up to figure out who he was. It's a guy by the name of Judo Master. And uh, he's going to be played by uh, a Vietnamese actor, uh, Nu Li. Uh, there's not a lot going on for this character. We don't really know what his role in the series is going to be, whether he's an antagonist to the to the team, to Peacemaker. Presumably he is, but he looks a lot different than his comic book iteration, mm. which presumably is a martial arts master. I mean, they're just kind of leaning. I, I don't going to take a chance here. Like they're kind of leaning into the, almost to a racial stereotype. So I'm interested to see what this is going to look like and uh, what this character means uh, to the show. And then of course we get this like kind of scene stealer moment where uh, the eagle is hugging yeah, me like, my camera. Presumably uh, this was a pet eagle that he'd had. And I, I, I don't know. It's like a, like a homecoming. Anyway, in this scene, he's like, look, dad, dad, he's, 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 dad, he's hugging me. And, and, uh, Robert Patrick's character just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's the, uh, the Peacemaker trailer. If you were, uh, have not seen the Suicide Squad by, uh, James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy fame, do go out and see it. Uh, like I said, Peacemaker is a, is a pretty cool character. He's got a pretty, got a couple like cool moments in that movie. Um, and I'm curious to see what John Cena is going to do with a, with a TV series. Like I was not a big fan of like his direct to video stuff. Like what is it? The Marine mm. to me that when I saw that the WWE had produced that movie, I'm like, I'm just not watching it. Cause it just meant low budget. 
but the you know the big budget stuff that he's been in the other stuff has been good like blockers well and, i was gonna with, say with that comedy vibe he is really nailing it and peacemaker by and large throughout um the whole film uh the suicide squad is he he does have these comedic beats and they're they're pretty genuine <laughs> And if I'm not mistaken, James Gunn is directing a few episodes of this series. Uh, I think he's directing uh, five or six of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to double check that, but I think it's five or six episodes. So it should keep the same feel anyway. Yeah. A little while ago, um, there was an announcement made that got, definitely got me excited. And then it just kind of quieted down and, and nobody's really said anything about it since then until Fandom came up last weekend. But if you weren't aware of this, there is a new Batman animated series on the horizon called Batman Cape Crusader. And, uh, it is going to be in the noir style. Hmm. So I'm not sure if Bruce Tim has any involvement on this one, but, um, I'm curious to see how this is going to uh, play Cause that kind of looks like the year one Batman a little bit. Yeah. So interesting to see how that's going to go. Um, but it says that it's going to be telling, you know, nuanced, you know, uh, stories presumably i mean i don't think it's going to be a rehashing of the 90s uh the animated series but definitely a return to a darker i think that's what people you know want to see in their batman a little bit uh speaking of batman <laughs> now i didn't want i, I kind of argued with myself if i wanted to uh you know save this one till the end um but this one it does not excite me as much as the, the the last one that I put in here. So we're going to move on and we're going to talk about, of course, the Batman. And I think this was, this was a big one for a lot of people. And it still is. Um, you can't talk about the Batman without, you know, talking about the casting choice of Robert Pattinson, uh, Pattinson as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. And I know that that brought up a lot of, uh, a lot of controversy. Like, what is he going to be sparkly Batman? vampire batman right right what do you think about uh, pattinson as a i will reserve judgment until i see it because some actors you see them in one thing and you hate them but then you see them in something else and it's just like wow i've caught some clips i haven't watched the film yet but i've caught some clips of him from the lighthouse and all i can say is the dude is intense hmm. like super super intense so we get a pretty cool trailer here. There's a lot to unpack in it. And I tried to, uh, I tried to get as much as I could, but again, it's Batman. So like you talk about being dark, the film is, is dark. The lighting conditions are dark. So there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't able to get. So I'm going to just start it here. There's a poster. If you haven't seen the, the bat suit yet, that's kind of what it looks like. Um, and as I said before, we got uh, Robert Pattinson coming in here as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. And uh, in a surprise, Andy Serkis is our Alfred in this one. And uh, th there's a line here. Uh, I can't remember what he says to him, but he's like, but you'll have nothing left. Just the, the emotion in Andy's voice. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he portrays Alfred. I think he'll do well at it. The Alfred character, I think, has been one of the most... I mean, he's, he's a crucial, you can't have Batman without Alfred. Well, that's something they're testing right now in the comics. Uh, really? Yeah. Bane did him in. Oh man. All right. 
uh, and a surprise for me, Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. Hmm. So uh, that's going to be kind of cool. I like Jeffrey Wright. He was our uh, Felix Leiter in the Daniel Craig uh, Bond films. He also starred in uh, the Westworld. It's the Watcher. Uh, TV series. Yes, and he's our Watcher. So we get this opening shot of uh, the police uh, stacking up on a, on a coffee shop. And uh, they basically tell this guy to put his hands up and he throws his hands up and they slam him into the counter. And as the camera pans up over the cup of coffee, we see, you know, the uh, question mark in the, uh, in the foam there and notice the color palette, green and white, green and white. So that brings us to uh, what I think is going to be our main villain of the, of the movie, which is uh, Paul Dano. He's going to be playing uh, the Riddler. Now, uh, Paul Dano's, the Riddler is not Edward Nigma. It's Edward Nashton. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, not that I can tell. No, me neither. I just, maybe that's just a, they've just changed it for the, for the film. I don't know. If you don't remember him or if you think you've seen him before. Now I have not seen a lot of this man's work, but he was Hank in Swiss army man, huh. the Daniel Radcliffe movie where he can kind of do is a dead body that can do anything. Huh. Do you remember that? I do. Oh, okay. Swiss army man. So then, you know, the Riddler, we never get a good look at him except we get this like TV shot where that's the Riddler talking to, you know, whatever, making his demands. But of course you can thank, you know, Hollywood marketing and the toy companies for giving us a, a better look at the Riddler huh. as uh, that is the uh, six inch or seven inch. McFarlane Toys uh, Riddler action figure. I can actually see some customs coming from this right now. Uh, for our Canadian fans, you know, there's your perfect base for the green bastard. <laughs> a little bit of trailer park boy action. I actually thought the body was a good... Uh, I, my first impression was uh, Bruce Willis from uh, um, Unbreakable. Mm. <laughs> Although that was a rain poncho, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. All right. That head sculpt could be a definite double, though, for Bubbles. Oh my God. Parts <laughs> unknown. So yeah. We get Zoe Kravitz in this one. Zoe Kravitz is your uh, new Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. And again, this trailer did not have a super clear image of her. So I had to go and find one. But uh, there's some image images of your Catwoman. It's unclear. I think she's going to get a new suit as the movie transitions. Because to me, this just looks like a crappy old balaclava that she dragged over her head and just the way that it's stitched just, just happens happens to, to form little ears. yeah exactly because you get later on you get this scene between the two of them and and whatever she's wearing is much more form-fitting and uh of course she's got her helmet her, her helmet she's got her mask off so i can't really tell and now the next thing i want to talk about in this is the next because i mean batman uh is nothing without a solid rogues gallery. True. And we're going to get more of them in the form of the penguin. Now I'm going to go over here and have a look. There's a close up of the penguin. And, uh, do you know who's playing the penguin in this movie? I do not. Would you believe that it's Colin Farrell? Really? Yeah. So Colin Farrell, I thought, okay, I mean, I haven't seen him for a while. I mean, he's kind of been kind of quiet for a little while. And I thought it's been a few years. What does Colin Farrell look like? now so i went and found this uh paparazzi shot this is colin farrell in june of this year so the movie's already filmed 
talk about transformative. Wow. So, I mean, can we say that that's all prosthesis? I would say pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like unrecognizable. Yeah. Colin Farrell in June of 2021 out for a run looking as fit and trim as ever. And then you flip over here to, uh, the look of him as the penguin and you're like, what? <laughs> I don't care. This movie is so damn hype. I'm in, uh, I am right with you there. Red. I'm definitely going to go and see it. Um, definitely want to see, I'm, I'm going to avoid this one in 3d if 3d is an option because 3d, uh, generally makes the, the screen darker. And this film is already dark enough that I want to be able to see everything <laughs> without having to uh, turn up the brightness. Well, apparently there's going to be lots of explosions though. Uh, pretty, there is going to be some explosions. I did heavy in the trailer. I didn't get the explosion. Um, again, talking about dark though, um, you get this like kind of cool image of Batman, uh, marching down. And I say marching, marching towards these, uh, these goons. Yeah. Almost Terminator esque. Very much. And I mean, they're rocking full auto on him and he doesn't like miss no a flinch. step, subdues the baddies. And, uh, Yeah. So can we say that's a bulletproof bat? I would say so. Yeah. Bulletproof suit. Anyway, um, I want to touch on the rogues thing for one second. I didn't get a shot of it. There's a scene uh, in the trailer where Batman is facing off a bunch of goons and they all look like they're wearing some sort of Joker style makeup. Is it Joker style or is it black mask style? I presumed Joker style. They look skullish to me. I got white, white face, big lips, darkened eyes, almost like the, uh, I got a vibe of, uh, of, uh, mime vibe. Yeah. Or, um, the Heath Ledger, uh, Joker vibe. Mm. <laughs> I'm vengeance. <laughs> That's so true. It is dark enough. Doesn't have to tell anyone he's Batman. People just knew it. But so, and here's the thing. So right after that scene, it transitions to another sequence where Batman has gone to, I don't know if it's Arkham or it's a, a prison and the camera pans up and there's a character in a striped red and white stripe prison uniform and Batman punches the glass and the screams, you know, he screams, what did you do? And, uh, I'm like, is that the Joker and the Joker's in prison for this movie? And, you know possible the whole uh is it the whole uh um 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 clarice and uh and uh um oh dr lector yeah hannibal lector is is joker the hannibal lector of this movie and batman has to consult the joker to defeat the riddler huh because that's a cool dynamic that would actually be a weird twist on a storyline that's going on right now in the comics it's the joker's puzzle box Interesting. And basically the cops are trying to interrogate the Joker to find out who killed Edward Nigma. Oh, it's interesting. So, all right. So that's all I'm going to say about the Joker. I know that, uh, he has not been revealed to be a character in this film, but I would not be surprised if that if he turns up, like I said, in this, uh, consultant. Well, a lot of people yeah. are trying to break down that glass scene to see who is in the reflection. Oh, so I'm, so <laughs> I don't have the time or the energy for that. I just want to have fun with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So explosions, a uh, big explosion scene surrounding the new Batmobile. Um, and there's a pretty good shot just before it crashes through those boxes. I love this design. 
if you're out and about at your uh, Canadian Dollaramas, make sure you check there because they have been sighted. I absolutely love this design and uh, for a couple of reasons. This, more than any other Batmobile, harkens the most back to the 66 Batmobile. Think so? Oh, look at the front end of that. I love it. There's, you know, even you could make an argument, you know, like where the windshield wipers are, the, the wipe, the wipe marks are almost indicative of the domed glass of the, of the, uh, the 66 Batmobile. Fair enough. The shape of the, the hood, sort of the, the headlights are recessed, like the hood creeps over them. I just love it. And then you get from the, the back end, come on, there's your classic wing tails and that, uh, the bat thruster as I, I call it. Yep. The Batalac. The, the Batalac. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly more Batmobile-esque than the Tumbler. Not that the Tumbler wasn't cool, but I mean... But it was more of a military vehicle yeah, than a this Batmobile. Is, this is a car, not a, a tank. Right? I mean, that's a cool car. You could, you could drive that down the street in the middle of the daytime and be less... Well, maybe not less um, noticeable, but... <laughs> <laughs> More so. You could you could lose that in traffic a lot easier than you could the tumbler. You could race that against Dominic Toretto. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so true. Yeah, if you find it, dollar fifty hot wheels at uh, Dollarama. But I mean, you cannot have a Batmobile without having the uh the toys. The, the thruster, right? So I mean you know, it was an iconic piece of, of, uh, Batman lore. So that, and the, the big explosion is chase sequence. It's the penguin. He's uh, being chased by, by Batman. And, and there's a large explosion. I don't know if it's a truck or something. Maybe gas truck or who knows. And, uh, he's like, I got him. I got him. Finally got him. And then the Batmobile jumps through it. And it, the look on his face, the what as, uh, as he speeds up and, uh, Ends up basically, his car. I was going to say, he goes to pull a pit maneuver on the penguin and overdoes it and uh, rolls him. And uh, that really is sort of the, there's a few other things that happen in the trailer. We, we visit, a, it looks like a cemetery at one point. Uh, you know, there, there's the cautionary from Alfred who tells them that, you know, to be careful or there'll be nothing left. And then his, the response, I don't know if it's just clever editing, but the response in the trailer is, I don't care what happens to me. So. I should have got that scene with the glass because there's one other thing I want to talk about. Uh, I must've missed it. When he punches that glass, there's looks like, looks like there's some kind of like wrist launcher. It almost looked like his arm, his forearm is covered in like crossbow bolts or like, oh. like arrows of some kind. More bat toys. Yeah, but it's a it's a new take on gadgets that we haven't seen before because usually the the gadgets are, I mean, the grapnel gun obviously is the is a classic one, but like the the utility belt, right? Another iconic thing with Batman is it's always something that's concealable. He's got to pull it out. We don't really see like strap on like external. Yeah, it's usually pieces. just the uh, the three blades. If yeah, anything. yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Which I think in one, uh, one where you could remove them and they became batarangs, right? Yeah. Throw them. Yeah. All right. So there's your, uh, there's a quick look at the Batman. Like I said, the Batman is March 4th, 2022. So it's actually not that far away. No. What do you think of this one? Uh, I'm in for it. I'm Looks definitely good. in as well. 
All right. And that brings me to the one that I am most excited about. You would think that I would have ended on Batman, but I'm not. I am super, super, super excited for The Flash. I cannot wait to see this movie. Um, and I'm, I, there's so much going on here. It's, it's actually one of the shortest trailers that we got for the entire, uh, for the whole fandom event, but there's some really cool stuff going on here. Now, one of the biggest criticisms of this film already is, is this just another Batman movie with a different label on it? No, I would say definitely no. We know that this is going to be a version of the flashpoint storyline um which in itself is super super cool now they tried to they, they kind of did a version of flashpoint on the cw show where barry went back to try and save nora um and, and they, it, it kind of worked but it, he ended up changing some aspects but it was weird because right. he changed aspects outside of the flash show like right because it 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 uh uh diggle had a son instead of a daughter yeah 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 well, this one is, you know, oh my God, I don't even know where to begin on this. There's so much going on. In the Flashpoint uh, comic book, we go to a, an alternate, uh, we get an alternate Gotham City where Thomas Wayne has become the Batman because Bruce was the one killed in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to go right out there right now and say that Michael Keaton is supplanting that role. The 89 Batman is actually that, he fills that role. Um. And I don't think I'm going to go out and further and say that it's not a time travel thing either. I know we're going to get the 89 Batman, but we're not going back to 1989. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Um, going to take you back to uh, the, the, the Burton film, the exterior shots of uh, Wayne Manor. I don't know if you've ever seen them before. It's a, it's a place in uh, Herefordshire in the United Kingdom, and it's called Nebworth house. So there's a shot of Nebworth house which was the exteriors of Wayne Manor. So if you, now that you know that, I mean, pay particular attention to this little, little scene here, because this is a close, this is Nebworth house, obviously in the winter time, this is the front gate and uh, the, the, the twin dragon statues up here. The opening shot of our trailer is Barry Allen and other Barry Allen at the front gate of Wayne Manor. And I'm telling you, it's not a, uh, uh, a time travel story because that's a Toyota Prius. That is a modern Toyota Prius. They, they took this, this cab from central city and drove it to Gotham. So that's like, Oh, that's really, really cool. I'm I'm not going to discount time travel just yet. I'm not going to discount time travel either because Because they do make that line about you can go anywhere in the time stream. Yeah. Any any, universe. That's what he says. You can go anywhere you want, any universe, anytime. Why are you fighting so hard for this one? Yeah. All right. Unless they found a way to exert the speed force into a car and take the car through time. Well, they did make a treadmill. That is true. So one of the things I like about this and I mean, you can criticize it or, or you can take it as it is, but I was a big fan of the new 52. And I know that Flashpoint, Flashpoint was the story that launched the new 52. So 
no surprise to me that the the flash costume no longer are we seeing the uh now this is the ezra miller flash from justice league the cobbled together speed armor the 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 space suit as it were um because that's something that they didn't really focus on in the movie was that suit was made with like space alloys that he had stolen yeah so it could resist the uh, heat yeah 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 i love the look of the the new 52 and i think that this kind of really leans into that presumably this is uh barry standing in front of his childhood house i would think so i would think so as well there's a voiceover here from Michael Keaton as we were talking about, um, you know, you can go anywhere, anytime. What makes you, uh, you know, want to fight so hard for this one? But he also says, if you change the past, you change the future. And is that not the 89 Batman cowl smashed on the floor? And it looks like it. And uh, that's definitely blood. So uh, what's going on here? Hmm. Is this one of those cautionary, like, the uh like the the like in justice league when they went into the future hmm. when dark side invades is that one of those who knows or could this be literally uh warner brothers and whatnot resetting well that see that's the to thing. uh usher out the the eu Zack snyder universe well, but it doesn't and, and I'm going to, this is why I say that it doesn't, it doesn't usher it. Okay. So maybe we can, we can now tell stories outside of that without being held to it. But the, this story sets up, I mean, this movie is essentially, it's our, it's our Loki. Yeah. <laughs> it's our Loki. It opens up the DC multiverse to tell true multiversal stories without being, you know, held to one or the other where we can have anything goes, people can jump in and jump out sort of as is needed to facilitate the story. And uh, I really think that that's what's going on in this movie. I presume that that's, uh, that's Barry uh, and his mom. And I think, judging by the hairstyle, that it's the, can we call him the prime Barry? Barry prime. Barry prime, I guess that's what we'll call him. Um, but yeah, so it goes back to, uh, to save mom. We get some cool uh, imagery of him uh, painting the lightning bolt on a boot, uh, like spray painting. But then we get this cool shot of like the ring. So that now the question is, where's that coming from? Reverse flash from the future. Maybe. Um, but then we get this like wicked, wicked hero shot of there's a full body shot of, you know, new 52 flash. You can't tell me that's not new 52 flash. Or even Rebirth Flash, who looks very much like New 52 Flash. Mm -hmm. But it certainly looks like the waterfall for the Batcave of the Dark Knight version. It does look like that, doesn't it? So speaking of the Dark Knight, we get that, uh, we get that big reveal where Batman kind of walks up. So clearly this is the Batcave, because there's, the, uh, there's the waterfall in, in uh, both shots. Yeah, but the 89 one didn't have a waterfall. He drove through this weird hologram cliff. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was the Dark Knight that had the waterfall. Well, maybe there's some creative license going on. I think so. Probably. So then we get this, like... Now, I don't know if these two scenes are are intrinsically linked, um, but then, you know, as Batman walks up to the edge of the, the, the catwalk there, the camera changes over, and we get a shot of Barry. Barry and... Sasha Colley's Supergirl. Hmm. 
that's not it's not plainly obvious that that's supergirl but if you've seen some of the marketing materials or some i guess they're not even marketing it's some of the leaks that have come out of this movie we know that that is uh sasha kelly's supergirl and uh he basically says are you in and uh yeah i'm just like oh that's so good but for anybody i'm gonna not to be a, not to be a bad spoiler but i'm going that's to not uh, a bad spoiler all right let's let's bring this up so people can see this all right so sasha kelly is going to be our uh our kara presumably they're going to leave the the kara name attached to this character i don't know if they're going to change that but she is going to be our supergirl and if you haven't seen it yet there it is that is your uh, supergirl in the flash interesting that the costume shares a lot of the textures of the uh the man of steel and the justice league costume and certainly the s it's the same s mm-hmm. so are we going to get a, a henry cavill uh, appearance in this it's possible a superman appearance who knows all right let's bring that back up here okay and then as the trailer winds down, we get the, uh, the other flash, the longer moppier haired flash walks up to, uh, what I'm going to go out on a limb and say is the 89 Batmobile. Yes. Just and, changing uh, from the silhouette. I well, that's, think it, that's right? it, right? Goes to pull the, uh, goes to pull the car cover off. And then the trailer abruptly ends with him. Holy. <laughs> and it ends. So. There it is. That is uh, the look at The Flash. Now, that's going to be November 4th, 2022. So I've got a long time to ruminate on this because, uh, man, that seems like a lot. That's still a year away. And, uh, man, for a movie that started out with uh, a lot of uncertainties, there was talk about DC wanting to uh, separate themselves from Ezra Miller over some some cancel cancel culture stuff. Um, well, clearly they've stood by him and uh, they believed in him and they certainly believed in this movie. Um, and I cannot wait to see it. Sandy Buschetti directing, right? Uh, let me just double check. Pretty sure it's him. But uh, his work on the remake of It is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Andre Machete. So uh, that that alone should be uh, one thing that this, me with hope. One thing that this trailer did not deliver on that we know is uh, Batfleck. Hmm. Batfleck was nowhere to be seen in this trailer, but we know that both versions of Batman are going to appear in this movie. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna play out or how that's gonna work. Maybe it's the future Batman. Maybe the future Batman uh, that uh, is fighting Darkseid. Hmm. Who knows? All right, what do you think about uh, what do you think about the Flash, the twenty twenty two Flash? I'm in for it, but I'm kind of more excited because they're bringing Keaton back. Yeah, because the internet has been a buzz long time. Bringing Keaton back as Batman and making him old Batman opens the door to Batman Beyond. Bruce, T- uh, not Bruce Tim. Um, Terry McGinnis. McGinnis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen all the same, the memes, I've seen all of the stuff, you know, the, the split screen between the old Bruce and Terry, and then the picture of, of, um, 
good lord michael keaton and oh i can't even think of who they had in the picture but i was like yep they should be doing the batman beyond movie yep <laughs> i still say that batman but yeah uh batman beyond vibes maybe that's a big maybe for me um and as we were just saying both andy and i would definitely dig into a batman beyond movie i think the biggest question is without the bruce wayne connection does batman beyond have a could batman beyond have an audience in a in a major hollywood release is the character too niche maybe i think you need that the old batman because you've really, got to have that link yeah the old Batman is the guide for terror. Yeah, absolutely. He's the he's the Obi-Wan of the series, right? I mean, yeah. uh, he's the Oracle of the series, <laughs> quite literally. All right, so those are the big film announcements that uh, came out of Fandom last weekend, but there's a couple other things, uh, Andy, that you wanted to touch on. I know we talked about uh, not necessarily wanting to cover everything because you know i mean there was a lot of comic news there was some video game news um but there's a few things that are near and dear to your heart that uh, you want to touch on so uh, let's turn it over to you man uh this one is not so much near and dear to my heart but it looks interesting enough uh catwoman is getting a movie release uh okay so and that's uh straight to dvd apparently february 8th 2022 yeah and catwoman hunted is the title but they are really leaning into that anime style. Right, right, right. Like Sailor Moon-esque, I guess. Yeah. Like just based on the trailer. And yes, you are correct, Red Swenson. Uh, Whispers of a Static Shock, as well as some other milestone characters which might be making appearances. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's cool to know. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the real big one that's actually is close to my heart. Uh, Harley Quinn season three has been announced for season three, 2022. So wait, just bring me up to speed here because now I have not watched a single episode of this. Well, for that, you're denying yourself pleasure. How many are we talking like cable, like, like a cable length series, like a 10 episode season or like, I think there were 13 episodes each 13. Okay. So not too long. No, but uh, they're really fun. They're they're not for kids. They are on the HBO Max yeah. line of things. And they ended it with Harley basically taking Poison Ivy from her wedding day. Oh. And uh, they kind of run off in a Thelma and Louise type vibe. <laughs> nice. And there's not a lot of new footage. It's a lot of, uh, like, the animatics and whatnot. Oh, okay, okay, you. yeah, pre-visualization yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, in the thing, they do have Kaylee Kuoko coming back as oh, Harley. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And the dude who did King Shark is back as well. King Shark. And the way they're portrayed is fantastic. The supporting cast in this show make the show. So let's talk about King Shark for a second because I'm not a... My introduction to King Shark uh, was his appear, his first appearance on The Flash and then more recently his appearance in The Suicide Squad. How is King Shark characterized in this series? In this series, he's more like a, I don't want to say just a dumb beast because he's more like a tech genius. Really? So he is, yes, he's the lethal King Shark. Yeah, yeah. He can eat people, but he's also got this background in technology. So he's always right, on computers. Right. He's always doing stuff like that. And it's very much like a college kid vibe. Okay. 
So, well, even uh, even the the look. I mean, uh, it's got a hoodie on. Yeah, you know, uh, looks like a pair of Converse. They're like, yeah, I, I totally get that. Because I know in the Suicide Squad, they really portray him like very animalistic. Yeah, hand. Yeah, hand. <laughs> And yes, that was uh, Sly Stallone as uh, King Shark. Yeah. But uh, apparently they're going to follow what they're calling it as the Eat, Bang, Kill Tour. What? Yeah. Uh, that's one of the images. I didn't get it. Best character on the show is Clayface yes. or Stephanie, if you prefer. Clayface is fantastic in that show. So wait, is, has Clayface been gender swapped to a female? Uh, Clayface does whatever role he needs to do in whatever. In whatever. Okay, well, that's cool. But they're playing him up as, like, this Shakespearean actor, so he's not even so much villain as actor. Oh, right, right. Over-the-top actor. So he's, uh, like, Trevor. (laughs) Trevor Slattery. A little bit, yeah. Trevor Slattery of the show. (laughs) A little bit, but way more, you know, confident in his acting abilities. Sure, sure. Um, then you've got, uh, also, uh, Dr. Psycho. Okay. The little fellow there. And he brings the role of your misogynistic, you know, arsehole. Right, right. So he kind of balances out the other two. But All uh, right. So that's... um. Oddly enough, though, there is one, a comic series right now, I believe it's a six-issue miniseries. Yeah. Called Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, the Eat Bang Kill Tour. Interesting. Which picks up minutes after the finale of season two. Oh. So I don't know if season three is just going to adapt it or if they're going to pick it up, like, you know, as a flashback. Right, right. We just pick up with them, you know, after this series. Okay. Well, so. So it's on HBO Max. Um, So for me, because I don't have HBO Max, but I do have Crave and I have Crave plus movies. I wonder if I can watch that. Uh, I do believe it also goes to Showtime. Oh, then I'll no, because Showtime I'll have to pay more for. (laughs) But all right, I guess uh, the Doom Patrol is also getting another season. Doom Patrol, they they talked about Doom Patrol. Uh, season three is airing right now. Yep. And they did the mid-season trailer. Um, and I avoided it because we did watch Doom Patrol and I am going to consume the third season. I'm just not in it yet. So um, I've enjoyed Doom Patrol. Really loved that uh, Brandon Fraser is back in the public eye. It's such a cool role uh, for him. The show is 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 super cool. Uh, it's in sort of the same vein as uh, Titans. Yes, which is also getting yeah, another season. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one that I'm really looking forward to. Any other uh, fandom uh, uh, announcements you want to talk about? Uh, not not that a. Uh... Well, I guess it is pretty cool that they're bringing the Court of Owls to one of the games. Yeah, and then uh, uh, the other one, that uh, video game that caught my attention was uh, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League. Mm. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out, whether it's a, if it's a fighting game or, a, uh, or an action-adventure game. But, uh, man, I don't have time for video games anymore. I'm too busy doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's been our look at uh, last weekend's DC Fandome event. Why don't you guys uh, hit us up on our social media? That's uh, Fandom Power on Facebook uh, and Instagram or on Twitter. Tell us what your favorite events, uh, favorite announcements were from uh, Fandom. Did we miss something that you would have liked us to have talked about? I'm sorry if we did. Um, let us know your thoughts on what's going on in the upcoming world of 
DC Comics and Warner Brothers Pictures. And uh, don't forget to uh, share the show with uh, like-minded people who you think are going to like our show. We're uh, really, really trying to make a push. We've we've basically been at it for a year now. Yeah. And uh, hence the, uh, the the transition for me anyway into a, a new home studio because I feel like uh, I'm going to be at this for a while. So we could really use the help and support, especially where our YouTube channel is concerned. You can catch us at uh, Sawcast Productions on uh, YouTube. We'd really appreciate the viewing hours to uh, help us push over that, uh, that monetization threshold because the more support we get from you, the better quality uh, videos that we can produce. So as always, you can find us where podcasts are found. We're pretty much everywhere now. Mm-hmm. And uh, as new channels get added to our host platform, we keep adding them. So uh, if you're down in the States, if you're listening to us in the States, you can catch us on Amazon, not currently in Canada. And soon, soon you'll be able to consume us right here on Facebook. As soon as they, uh, the integrated podcast player rolls out in Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently it's available in the States already. So we've already done the, the legwork to set that up. So. All right, guys, for Fandom Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't know where to begin? Maybe you'd like to try podcasting without having to invest in any recording equipment. Do you have an idea for a show, but you're not sure how to develop it? Let Sawcast Productions take care of all of that so you can focus on what it is you want to say. Sawcast Productions offers podcasting solutions ranging from recording and basic editing to fully produced episodes complete with all the audio embellishments of a broadcast quality show. When your show is ready... Sawcast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say? <laughs>